Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leverage Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacles stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. All right, let's talk today about the survival trap. Statistics abound that 50% of businesses fail in the first five years. 83% of businesses never achieve profitability. 88% of business owners make less money than if they had the equivalent job at another company. 91% of business owners are actively trying to fix the wrong thing in their business 100% of the time. The statistics are real, so is the struggle. The question that begs to be asked is why? Why is there so much struggle among business owners? Why do 50% of businesses fail in the first five years, yet more businesses continue to open? You think it'd be too scary. Why do 83% of businesses never achieve profitability? Why do they continue to operate check to check? Well, the struggle is an easy answer. It's cash flow. Data analysis shows that the vast majority of businesses close down because they simply run out of money. Even big companies run out of cash and small companies run out of cash. But the lack of cash is simply the final stage of a business collapse. Pointing to the lack of cash as the reason businesses fail is the same as to think that a car stops moving because the wheels aren't spinning. Yes, that is the final stage, but it's not the cause. It's just running out of gas, running out of cash. It could be a failed engine. The gas tank could have the leak. There might not be a drive to fix a stalled car or business. We must address the cause and not the final symptom. Businesses are failing because they're doing the wrong thing and they're focused on the wrong thing or they're doing the right thing, but at the wrong time. Timing is critical and crucial in businesses. I've done things um, too ahead of their time that just didn't get traction didn't take off, but I didn't give up on it, but I just said, okay, this isn't the right time for it. Let's put it on the shelf and come back to it when it's the right time. Yet 
maybe some people would just keep really trying to like beat their head against the wall and 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 try to force it and not recognize that maybe this is a timing thing. Yes, it's a wonderful product. Yes, it's a wonderful service, but the timing might not be right for your marketplace. Businesses fail because they are doing the wrong thing and at the wrong time. So a business could have an employee engagement problem or a client engagement problem, and you could have both of them happening simultaneously. But even in a scenario where a business needs to look at things and to be triaged, we must always fix it by addressing the most important need and by pinpointing that need. The problem with businesses is that they sort of get stuck in a survival trap. It's like that hamster wheel. I mean, you're running on that hamster wheel, but you're never getting anywhere. And it's just the problems get bigger. It's like a snowball effect that that hamster wheel is building a bigger snowball. So when you are in that survival trap, you know, you're sensing a problem. Maybe it's lack of money, but we react to the problem by maybe immediately offering a discount in hopes of drumming up sales. And when that doesn't work, we maybe run an ad for a rainmaker salesperson that says, you know, okay, this is how we're going to solve our problem. We're going to have someone come in and be the person that is the rainmaker and can all of a sudden make sales happen. So here's some of the things that we get stuck with on the hamster wheel. We think, okay, things are are not so good. Um, Cash is tight. Uh, We're not totally out of it yet. So then we think, okay, well, maybe if I do the work myself, because no one can do it as well as me, plus you save money, that's not going to get you anywhere. Another sort of trap on the hamster wheel is to run a last minute promotion to generate quick cash, thinking that if you offer a discount, that will be the incentive to get cash in the door. But again, that's a hamster wheel tactic. That's something if you want to stay on the hamster wheel, sure, go ahead and do that tactic. You know, hiring an expert instantly expand your service offering. Um, You know, it could be bringing in that rainmaker you think will solve all the problems or um, bringing in a specialized individual that you can now add additional sales or services around. But that is a hamster wheel tactic. You know, maybe you think, okay, we need to come up with something new and offer a new product or a new service and that will start generating immediate revenue. Again, another hamster wheel tactic. Or maybe you relent and take on a troublesome client for quick revenue and hope that you won't regret serving them. All right, well, we know how this is gonna end up. You're gonna lose money on this engagement. Um, Troublesome clients need to stay on the no bueno list and never uh, be experiencing your services again. Otherwise, you'll just continually be on that hamster wheel in this like perpetual just running to try to survive, but not really moving the ball forward and getting down the field. Um, Maybe you take on a project that is not a good fit, but hey, it covers this month's payroll. You know, these short term, just like let's do it now, let's do this desperation tactic hamster wheel tactics just don't work. Or maybe you decide that you change your terms, you're starting to make desperate collection calls or ask for retainers to accelerate cash flow and such. You know, I mean, again, if you're doing it out of desperation, it is a hamster wheel 
tactic that is not going to serve you in the long term. And it's just really shortening your runway at more of an exponential pace than if you really took the opportunity to address what the most vital need is in the business and focus on just that one thing and fix that. So yes, I mean, of course, I'm going down the fix this next path. And as a fix this next advisor and someone who has conversations daily with entrepreneurs, um, I just feel that this is so important to talk about, especially with the statistics and with what's going on in the economy. And, you know, things are at this point seeming to be harder and not easier. So, you know, I mean, the reason why businesses fail, there's five reasons. You know, we talked about the number one reason. So most businesses fail because they never achieve profitability. 83% of businesses never achieve profitability and they experience cash flow problems. 42% of small businesses fail because there is no market need for their products or services. 29% just simply really literally run out of cash. You know, and it's sort of like because of all of these other things combined. 23% don't have the right team. You know, again, like if you're thinking, oh, I can't find anyone, I'll just have to do it myself. That's a hamster wheel tactic. And, you know, that's, that's a problem of also not being able to recruit and hire the right team of people. And 19% of businesses fail because they are out competed by the competition. So, you know, I mean, All of these things can be avoided, averted, if you just think outside the box, if you dare to be different. Um, Of course, that's Mike's new book, Get Different. But it's really, really important that you don't fall into what everyone else is doing because the majority of businesses that are doing what everyone else is doing are on a short path to failure. Their runway is getting shorter and shorter, and they're really not addressing the most important need in the business. And so just to run through the hierarchy of needs in a business, the bottom need is sales, and that is the creation of cash. So we will dive in a little bit deeper to that. Then the next level, of course, is profit. Above profit is order. That's the creation of efficiencies. Then in the upper two levels, you hit impact and legacy. So we did talk about the profit level, of course, because Profit First Nation, that was a few episodes back. But let's dial into the sales level real quick, because sales is like oxygen to your business. I mean, without sales, there's no money coming in the door. So let's dive into some aspects that you should be focusing on on the sales level And when you get these dialed in, sometimes you can set it and forget it if you have the right system in place and you know really developing a good consistent pipeline of things. And then sometimes that pipeline might get a crack and might need to be fixed. So let's just dive into that. So in terms of the sales level, there is lifestyle congruence, prospect attraction, client conversion, 
delivering on commitments and collecting on commitments that are the five key categories under the sales level. So in terms of lifestyle congruence, we've talked about this so many times. Episode 51 is probably the best episode where we talk about the lifestyle congruence and reverse engineering your business to correlate to the owner's pay that you need to make. So lifestyle congruence is making sure that your business can support your lifestyle, support putting a roof over your head, food on the table, clothes on your backs, transportation, money to send the kids to their um, umpteenth number of activities. So again, lifestyle congruence, we recommend you reverse engineer your business based off of owner's pay. So episode 51 walks you through that. We have a really easy resource that is a reverse engineer calculator that, again, plug in a few numbers and boom, you get um, what you need to be doing in terms of sales um, and factoring in cost of goods or contractors if that applies to you. And um, you're also able to customize like literally down to how many sales you need to be making per day, per week, per month based off of the number of weeks that you're open per year or based off the number of days that you're selling per year. So make sure that you are doing that. Please, 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 please. Um, Then next is prospect attraction. Do you attract enough quality prospects to support your needed sales? So, you know, who is your ideal prospect avatar? They meet certain criteria. And uh, it's not a fruit basket. Um, You don't want some apples, oranges, bananas, and kiwi, and grapes, and strawberries in there. You really want just apples. Apples to apples, not apples to oranges, to bananas, to kiwi, to watermelon, to whatever. Your ideal prospect avatar should be very, very similar on multiple perspectives and levels. So for example, In our construction material supply business, we only work with large general contractors and subcontractors. And we identified that early on and we stick to our guns. And, you know, they have to meet a certain criteria. They have to pass a credit check. They have to do predominantly the types of jobs that we want to do, which are large jobs. So we stick to that. And when we have someone who's just like, please, please, please help us, you know, whatever, blah, blah. Yes, we'd love to help you, but we can't because you're not our ideal client. So you can kind of look at this now. It's sort of that 80-20 rule, but there's no reason why you have to stick with the 80-20 rule. So Pareto principle is the 80-20 rule. So that would say that 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. So what you want to do is you want to just focus in on who's that 20%, who are your most profitable clients, and that is your ideal avatar, and that is what you are working towards, but there's no reason why it has to stay at 20%. That's just the group that you need to get more of. And then you want to see, are there enough prospects to support the sales need? So, you know, once you identify your ideal avatar and then you see, okay, well, how many of them are out there and what is your strategy for specifically going after them 
And then at this point, you may need to adjust things and such, but you should know like what is the total opportunity. And then you really want to make sure that this pipeline is generating itself. So, you know, how are they finding you and how many new inquiries are you getting per day, per week, per month, and set a target number of what you need to do in terms of prospects that then turn into conversions so that you know, let's say, um, that you have a conversion rate of 50% and you need to make 50 sales a week. So if you have to make 50 sales a week and your conversion rate is 50%, well, then you know you need 100 prospects per week. And if you're open five days a week, that means that you need to be averaging 20 prospects a day over five days a week to get to 100 prospects so that you can close 50%. We have all of these numbers dialed down in our businesses, and um, every day we get reporting that tells us, are we on track? Now, of course, we're not getting you know, necessarily the exact number that we need every day, but we're able to see, you know, where are we week to date? Where are we month to date? Where are we year to date in hitting our goals? And, you know, usually if we're behind, it takes about a week or two, but we're really watching that week or two that we've been behind to, you know, get it back up to where we need to be to hit that consistency. Next is client conversion. So we talked a little bit about that. So the other thing about client conversion is then, you know, what percentage of your clients buy repeatedly? And is there something that you can do about that to increase their frequency of purchases with you? Uh, Because it is much easier to sell to an existing client than to find a new client and sell to a new client. You know, one thing about um, client conversion too is looking at referrals from clients because birds of a feather flock together. So your clients probably know other very similar ideal clients for you too. And so getting referrals is also another great strategy in increasing your um, client conversion rate because you're actually going to convert referrals at a much higher rate than you are with, you know, kind of cold leads or cold prospects. Um, You know, another thing on referrals is just straight up referrals, but the power of of testimonials, the power of ratings, um, you know, if you have a business that's on Yelp or other platforms, make sure that you have a consistent process and system for getting reviews and ratings because that is, you know, almost as valuable as a direct referral because, If everyone is saying, all right, you know, out of 700 reviews, you have five stars out of all those reviews, that's the person that people are going to be calling. They're not going to be calling the person that's got 203 star reviews on average. So make sure that as part of your client conversion and referral opportunity is to be focused too on on making sure that you're getting the ratings and reviews posted and updated um, in any platform that you can, such as Yelp. Then the fourth opportunity is delivering on commitments. Do you fully deliver on your commitments to your clients? Now, this is obviously important because then this factors into your ratings and reviews and getting that referral. So how often does your offering get returned or customers ask for a partial or full refund? 
you know, if that number is is high, that's the area that you need to be working on. That's the problem that you need to fix. And when you fix that specific problem, then things come into place. How often do customers just decide to cancel and say, we're done, we're, we're not going to go through with this? If you're getting a high cancellation rate, then that is the area to fix. How often is your service or product delivered later than clients expected? You know, that is going to hurt you. That is what you need to be fixing. And when you identify like more specifically what needs to be fixed, then that's your opportunity and what you should focus on. And it's simple. Like these kind of things can be fixed fairly quickly, but it's when you keep your head buried in the sand and you don't know the metrics of your business, you don't know what your conversion rate is. You don't know how much you should be doing in sales per day, per week, per month and you're just oblivious to it or keeping your head buried in the sand, then you don't know if you're hitting it or you're missing it or or where it is on the map. So it's really important that you go through all of these sort of checklists and check boxes. And, you know, when something is a problem or it's not meeting where it needs to be after you reverse engineer your business, then that is the area that you need to fix. And the final one is collecting on commitments. Do your clients fully deliver on their commitments to you? I mean, you know, I've talked about this before. There are some no bueno clients out there. And so if you have a no bueno client, you put them on the no bueno list because if they're not paying you on time and in full, that's not fair to you. That's not fair to your employees. That's killing your cash flow. If you've got projects that are delayed because you're waiting on clients to send you information, images, whatever their part is, those are not ideal clients. That person is costing you money because you've got to have your team put in extra effort, extra time to babysit and follow up on those clients. So, you know, again, that client is less profitable to you. And also, too, if you're working on milestones, and they're not delivering, then you can't be invoicing them. So you need great clients who can, you know, be timely with things and not hold up projects because if they're holding up the project, that's also going to hold up uh, the amount that you can invoice them, et cetera. And then what percentage of your clients intentionally or not cause delay to the project or compromise the quality of the experience? So, you know, I mean, Someone who is, you know, again, just a no bueno client, if they're not going to have a great experience, they're also going to be the ones that are more likely to write you a poor review, even though it was their fault. So, you know, I mean, these are opportunities that you can really like go through and say, all right, are we checking the box on this? Are we checking the box on this? Are we checking on the box on this? And then, you know, when something's broken, you go back and you, 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 this is a reiterative process. You know, once you fix something once, it will break in the future and you will have to go back and just readjust and fix, but you can do this. And so, you know, the sales level, obviously we spend a lot of time talking about sales and pricing because this is the oxygen to your business. If you are not making sales and you are not hitting the numbers that you need to hit, and you better know what your numbers are that you need to hit, then you're gonna be out of business. You are going to be a statistic. You are gonna be the one of 50% of small businesses that fail. You are going to be the one of 83% who are never profitable. But 
thankfully, you're smarter than all of that. And you're here at Profit First Nation. And I know that you are wanting to be a 17 percenter on the path to permanent profitability. But it's just this never ending, you know, I always think, okay, things are going really well. Where's what shoe's going to drop? What's going to happen next? Because it doesn't it, it doesn't smooth sail for so long, but that's the joy of being an entrepreneur, keeping us on our toes. All right. So remember, episode 51 is our reverse engineering episode with the resource that will, um, you can literally download that resource and walk it through on a spreadsheet to do it. It literally takes just a couple of minutes. And if you would like to work with a certified profit-first professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach, then please visit ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact. Also, if you have a Profit First Nation question that you would love for us to answer, you can also hit us up at ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact and select the button to submit a question. Uh, I'm happy to answer questions. Don't worry, you don't have to wait for an episode ending in zero to get that answer or an episode ending in five for a Billy Ann. We do answer those questions as quickly as possible, but then we just put them into the queue that we can then cover on a future episode. So thank you so much. Um, We have hit a huge milestone in terms of downloads. We are um, well over 100,000 now, and we have gotten there faster than I ever would have expected. So thank you so much. Um, We are at a stage where um, with the number of downloads and hitting that milestone, we would really, really appreciate reviews on your favorite podcast catcher. You can also do that really easy if you just go to ProfitFirstNation.com. On our homepage, we have a button that says rate this podcast, and it allows you to just type in a quick review and rating that will go on to the podcast catchers. And that will help us move up in the charts and be more visible and found by other entrepreneurs because we would love to change these statistics. We would love to see that 25% of businesses going from 17% to 25% of businesses Um, being profitable would be awesome and amazing. So let's set that as a team together to make our country stronger with entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs, small business is the economy. All right. Thank you so much. And cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.